And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to meet like this, Lord. We pray for your help to guide us and to lead us to your perfect will. We really want to do what you ask us to do in your word. And we fail so many times. But we thank you for another opportunity. Help us to do what is right. Help us to build your church. And to work hard to make your church work. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated on top of your enemies. Yesterday I was almost... um, challenge to, to, to do a session called the importance of the church because you see that forms the basis you don't all have to stay here but one, one musician and the drummer maybe that forms the basis for everything are you listening to me why is the church so precious to God and yesterday, I, I, I tried to explain to you the magnitude of the church and how great the church is. It is a mountain. It's a majestic mountain, and it will be the mountain put on top of the mountains. And the prophecies have gone out, and the word of God is so clear from the Old Testament prophets that in the last days, God is going to do something marvelous. And we are in the last days. How many of you believe we are in the last days? So we don't want to miss the marvelous acts of God in the last days. We want to, I want to be part of it, and I trust you also want to be part of it. Amen. So it is important that we believe in the prophetic utterances of God. Here's a little book called The Double Mega Missionary Church. Now, if you thought it's only for the pastor, you make a big mistake, Okay. Because everybody is involved in the church. The old notion of us having to come and sit and listen to a pastor preach and then check the time to go home is a boring notion. That is what we learned yesterday. That's not really the church. Amen. I think over years, what has happened was, um, it's almost like uh, decay has set in on the church. A decay. You know, gerus? And we have come to understand the church in the way that we've seen around us. But really now, until you see some, that's why you cannot live your life in isolation. You need to have associations in this world. 
you need to see other things. You actually need to travel. You need to take your passport, go to the home affairs and make a passport and get ready to travel. Do you understand? Recently, I uh, felt in my heart to take a few of my members with me to Botswana because I was invited to preach there and the pastor kept asking me, are you bringing members along? I said, I think I'm coming myself. He said, no, we have booked the hotel for you plus a few members. And I said, okay. The man is very generous and kind. Then I came to my members. <laughs> and I asked them, how many of you would like to go with me to Botswana? And their hands went up. Oh, they were excited. And then I asked them, how many of you have a passport? And to my dismay, not one of those who jumped with excitement to go with me was ready when the opportunity came. Because you know what? Like you, they never thought and a day will come when they will have to travel out of this country to another place. All of you sitting here, I love all of you, and sometimes if I speak a little bit harshly, it's just the fatherliness in me that comes out, okay? A good father must be harsh with his children, otherwise they grow skew. Hmm? You need to let your mind... Be edified and transformed by the word. You need to expect great things from God. Are you listening? You need to expect great things from God. Don't think that what you have is what you will always have. No. Better things and greater things lie ahead for you. Start shaking off this old mentality. Shaking off the rust from your life. And get ready to see the wonderful acts of God. I mean, Moses was in a desert, mining sheep for 40 years. He never thought <laughs> that God was going to use him in the way that God did. Can you imagine? 40 years just walking with these sandals, with the sheep. Meh, meh, 40 years. I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. Repetitive. Can you count 40 years? Most of you are not even 40. So the whole duration of your lifetime. He was 40 when he ran away. And for 40 years, he was just hearing, what? Meh. Meh. One sheep had a cough, so it was, meh, <coughs> meh. And if you know the topography, the terrain, the geography of Israel, then you will know that it was very dry, stony, barren land. But suddenly, I said suddenly, he turned to the left. Something distracted him. 
It was a burning bush. 40 years doing nothing. Coming to church with woolen caps on. Thinking that you will never go to another country to see another place. Your English is not even proper. Your ease is by your R. Hmm? You need to have this mind that suddenly a bush can burn next to you. And you might wonder, what strange happening is this? Then it is God calling you. Say, take off your shoes. Because the ground you stand on, it has changed from the ordinary delf sands to holy ground. Because where the Lord is, where the Lord is, it is holy. That thing, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. You must come to understand that God is real. And that God can do exceedingly abundantly what you could ever ask or think. I think sometimes we, the problem is for us, we have put God in a box and we think that this is all that God can do. But God can do anything. Oh yes, my God can do anything. I was looking for a willing person. You don't have to be skilled in many areas. Actually, the best pastors in the world didn't even go to Bible school. Yes. Bishop Dag says he studied medicine. But he used none of his seven years of medicine in the church, actually. Almost none. So it wasn't that preparation that, that made him ready for the work. Just a, uh, a heart. This is what you must have. A contrite heart. And a broken spirit. That's all. Come af van jou troontie. Sin. I listened to a number of messages of Bishop on church growth. Probably more than a, close to a hundred church growth. But in one of it, he says that the greatest key is humility. And, and if you think about it, it is, it's almost very difficult to, to equate this. Why would this be? Why would this be the greatest key? And I'll tell you. Do you want me to tell you? You see, because, because pride will prevent you from so many doors that God wants you to take you through. Yeah. It will prevent you from saying, 
although I'm colleagues with this man, he's got something that I need. Do you now understand? Because you will equalize. We welcome the pastors that have just come. Let's clap for the pastors, all of them. I'm talking about church growth. Amen. And the most probably, what is the word? Surprising uh, characteristic that will lift you into a big church is not really the strategies. It's not anything else but this thing called humility. Pastor Clint, humility. Because from there comes everything. Are you with me? That's why you see exaltation, enlargement. It all comes from this Philippians passage because he humbled himself. God has given him a name above the other names and enlarged him. If you're not humble, you cannot come sit at the church growth conference unless you are forced. Some of you are forced because your pastor warned you to come, but you actually don't want to come. You, you, you don't find it, it's, it's, it's important. There's too much pride in you. <clears throat> actually, if you had known the glory of the church, the greatness of the church, the majesty of the church, you would want to give your whole life, your very being to this majestic church of Jesus Christ. And the work of the church. If you know what can come from the church to you. And how you will be blessed by your involvement and your working for God. Oh God knows his workers. Amen. But pride. Mm -mm. I can do what you can do. They say. That's why I realized when I thought hard about it, the statement he made is correct. It's the first key and the most important key for anyone to have a big church. Pride enough to say, let me read this book humbly from cover to cover. Ah, man, man, bookers, not bookers, not bishop, they have a book. It's the trots, man. But to humbly say, my church is small, man. My church is struggling, man. Let me, let me take what is there to, what is there to help me. <laughs> let me look for someone who's doing a bit better than me. Just a bit better. Bishop was saying, it's like you, come here. This is the guy that can help you. Just stand there, just stand, just stand. Just look at him, just stand. He's the guy that can help you, but you want to see what is behind him. <laughs> you don't want from him. What is behind? What, what, where, where does it come from? 
יש כמה שלומדים. באתי בפרייד איזה, מה, איך בלוק דאקום, צאי בלייביסי. That's the key. People are too proud. And I'm saying all that to say, even with what we are doing, you see, to create this culture that we have, and once again, I have to acknowledge my father, Bishop, I'll, I'll say his name probably a hundred times. Just don't get angry. It's, 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 it's like I, I, this is where I learn from. Everybody learns from somewhere. And, and, and again, a proud person won't say where he learns from. And that's why I purposely keep the books in my hand because everything I learned is from the books. But you see, you'll even make a mistake. You'll go through the book and you'll see I'm saying things that you don't see in here because it's not, it's digested and then it's regurgitated. And the food you eat doesn't come out the same way that you eat it, isn't it? So you'll say, yeah, but I also read the book, but I didn't see anything Pastor Chris said in the book. Ah. But to be honest with you, it's from the books. And the Holy Spirit will use that. You see, humility. You must say that I learned from this man. Look, let me tell you people honestly. You don't have long to live on this earth. Very short. Then he's gone. I'm 50 now. Just a little bit over. So if I'm going to live till 70, if God gives me that grace, then five-sevenths of my life is gone. Those that are close to 60 here, six-seventh of your life is already gone. You only have one-seventh left. Wat word zij nog gaat uitvinden? Wat weet en wat weet je? Vraag het voor iemand wat al klaar die ding gedoen het. Want jouw tijd is bij je man. So maybe you should take note of this first statement and this is by the Holy Spirit inspiration you know many times when I come on this platform I have an iPad full of notes and I have a plethora of books but then I'm starting to say stuff like this that I didn't plan to say this is the Holy Spirit speaking through me using my own language and my own jokey way of speaking but he's talking to you you must humble yourself and then you will see the greatness of God in your life Even if you get an instruction, right? You get a small instruction, go, go make your passport. Yeah, okay, say, not now, you'll wait, you'll wait. You see, it's all pride. But somebody who runs and say, hey, why did you go do immediately when pastor said, because you're like a little child. You humbled yourself like a little child and you obey every instruction. And when the opportunity comes, you must be ready. Must be ready for great things. 
One of the greatest frustrations I have as a leader is people who don't listen to my advice and my instructions. It's so frustrating. And I guess most leaders have that problem. Or people that are... People that are slow. And maybe I should talk about that now, today, before I get into shabby shepherding. Church growth and diligence. Diligence is a nice English word for working hard. Amen? Working hard. But it's important your mind must transform. You, we have a little thing here. You see this, our mission is to transform people's lives. Every, we would like you all to change. And the way we want to do that is to teach you the word of God because it's the word of God that's water that washes you and cleanses you from your dirt. Amen? And then your mind is changed through the word of God. Your mind, your thinking, your thinking, your thinking must change. Now, orangulism, when people stand up against instruction, against teaching, it's, it's, it's when pride has come in. The devil has entered Judas. Uh, and then he wants to be equal with Jesus. That's when orangulism comes. Everything comes with big, by humility and pride. Humility and pride. Humility and pride. You constantly need to look at who's humble and who's proud. The Bible actually says all arguments come through pride. When two people are arguing, one is angry. One day a man didn't know who I was and he was angry and he swore me with big words, which I can't say over the mic now because of the recording. But it's the words you always hear in Chestnut Place. And I haven't heard somebody talk to me like that in many years. So I walked over to him and I said to him, why did you speak like that to me? You could see he froze. He froze. He didn't know how to. Because I didn't shoot back. Because I also know some words. I know some words I learned here by my church members. <laughs> I just asked him, why did you speak like that to me? And he froze and he became, he became numb. I said, sorry, groot man. Because a man, the just day. And ek is mans genoeg om vir jou te sê, ek is sorry man. Gangster, he humbled himself. But if he, if he wasn't humble, the argument would have continued, you see. You see, that's why husbands and wives argue, because somebody is proud in the argument. And in reality, it's the wife that's most of the time proud, because... In the relationship, the one is the head and the other one is the submission. So, it, there's no reason to argue if you just say yes. The wife say yes and sorry all the time. Okay, take it away from that because I don't want you to lose focus 
It's when I give instruction. You see? And in your mind, you have another a reason why you mustn't do this thing now. There's always this problem. Amen? Yesterday, we started to look at the prophecies of the Lord that the, the Lord is going to send us beautiful prophecies of the end day church. Hallelujah. And in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, we see that it's by prophecy that you must war a good warfare. Amen. Is Sister Jenny not here today? She's not here. Praise the Lord. Church growth is the hardest part of church work. Huh? There's many other aspects of church work. Nice preaching, conferences, but church growth hmm, is the hardest part. I just told Pastor Charlie, look, even all our BMI members are not here. It's the hardest part. That's why people just get fed up and say, okay, I'm just going to be a traveling preacher. As for building, no, yarrastaswa. He means a very rechkomi. Actually, it's a warfare. Amen? And how are we going to win this warfare on our own? We won't make it, but the Lord promised us through His Word, through the backing of His Word, we will accomplish great things. Hallelujah. You can fight the fight because the word of God is behind you. I've always believed and taught that you mustn't just say, okay, the man of God said that this is going to happen to me. You must pray that word. You must wrestle for the prophetic word. Are you with me? Because the devil also heard the word, so he's coming to bombard you from all angles. And you must pray, constantly pray. This book again has 18 sections of church growth. One of it is prayer. It's called pray, uh, Church Growth in Gethsemane. That's why we have a garden called Gethsemane. Most charities who don't go there, you see the cell groups are very small. There's no growth because they forgot this one aspect of church growth. Church growth doesn't just happen through one particular area. It happens through many areas. That's why the book is full of colors. Are you with me? I'm repeating a few things just to get those new people on board of yesterday. Amen. And there's a more sure word of prophecy that will guarantee your future. Glory to God. When a man of God speaks prophetically over you, receive it, record the words, remember the words, and pray it to sustain it. Are you listening? And the prophecies speak of the increase of God's people. Because God has a plan to multiply the people. Hallelujah. And that plan is to have you as a shepherd to have a place for the people to gather so that God can speak to them. Glory to God. If you believe in these prophecies, you will see a great increase in your life because the prophecy you believe is the one that you will experience. I like that. The prophecy you believe is the one you will experience. The prophecy you believe is the one you will experience. Hallelujah. 
And the Lord is raising up mountain-like churches. Say Amen. The Lord is also raising up little ones. And I believe this is a new emphasis in my church growth pattern, is to turn the focus to the little ones. And the, new, the other pastors can also hear me. And if it works for you, copy. Copy humbly. In other words, the Bible says, Isaiah 60 verse 22, the little one shall become a thousand and the small one shall become a strong nation. Hallelujah. So ministry starts small. So don't be ashamed if you just have many children in the church when they start. Even the cell groups. Don't be too ashamed with cell groups. We have, because cell groups is the main thing in our church, every Sunday, I, the Lord gave me the strategy, that there will be a cell group on the stage. And the cell leader will introduce them, speak nicely of them, and then one, one of them will also give small testimony. And you'll notice that there are many children standing there. Amen. And we are not ashamed of the children. Because the prophecy says the little one shall become a thousand. Are you with me? So for all of you who say, Listen, big people are problems. Big people come to your church with their preconceived ideas. The, the, the hard drive is damaged. It's damaged through, through other material that was on there. And there's no, there was no virus doctor to check what was going, no antivirus. That's why you'll see, and then also the cares of this world, the storms of life has battered them, bruised them. excited. Your word is on the brand. And maybe they don't have anything against you as the preacher, Pastor Pat, but life's storms have beaten them and bruised them. So you, if you want your church to be exciting and you want your church to have laughter, dancing, did you see the way I was dancing at the back? By the way, tomorrow night when we end, what, what is it we said we're going to wear casual? It's called drip. All of you, come here, Taisi. Was drip more on. Like Virgie, come, is this the drip? See the white shoes? Yeah, his jacket is there, but drip tomorrow night. Come, come down. Because we are young church. And actually, I, uh, I didn't know this before. So I almost think that I wasted a lot of time in church growth. You know? 
ouderling wat van een ander kerk afkom, een elder kam from another church with a blue jacket and a big bible. And he also tells you, hey, ek dink ek gaat my tenpenne hier vastlaan. Was dat Danny lach lekker, maar hij weet precies waarvan ik praat. Is dit problems, man? Hij blijft ook een lankie. Want hij is op zoek naar iets. Hij is on the lookout for something. His hard drive is damaged. Hij is full of pride. Nobody can teach him. Nobody can discipline him. Nobody can tell him what to do. You can ask this youngsters. Stand, Katie. This example. Where were you last week? Why didn't I see you in church? Look at the tone I'm talking to her. Then she will just have to say, Sorry, pastor. My tante had pain. My, my tooth pain. See? But imagine speaking to a big lady. Like this big lady here. Stand, 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 stand. Where was he last week? I can do it again. I said, Who brought pastor on with me? It's the little one that shall can become a thousand. But then there are also these older ones, stand, but they're young at heart. So you, you get to a place where you know, you, for, for them you can also say, Hey! They, they don't get offended because they've overcome this challenge of pride and the issue of pride. Yeah. It's not about them. It's about the work of God. It's not even about me. It's about the work of the Lord. So this, this, we don't get angry with one another. Amen? The little one shall become a thousand. And I've changed my whole focus now. And I say, I, I was very stupid, man. I was very stupid. I should have done it sooner. One of the things of pastors is we have a lot of regrets, isn't it, Pastor Danny? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And especially if you have a great mentor like Bishop or so, you, you realize, welcome, Pastor. Is this your friend, Maria, you spoke about? You are welcome. You are welcome. From Easter River. You are blessed. Sorry, Pastor. I don't know all the pastors so well in the city, like Pastor Clint does. I, tra I don't travel that much. Sit down, sit down, sit down. You can stand now, now. I'm talking, I'm just rehearsing the prophecies of yesterday. Amen. Yes. And your churches might also be small. My church was also small. I started with 12 members in the sports center. I, I, I had a classroom in the sports center when I started. I was praying first and I thought, let us just pray. And then 
Even those people who started, half of them didn't stay. Yeah, so it's a little one, but it has become a big one. Amen. Because the day is coming when everyone will recognize that the small one has become a strong nation. Hallelujah. Then the prophecy says, there shall be the rise of churches that shall not be few and churches that shall not be small. Hallelujah. Then there's the rise of the feeding pastors. This is the last day church that the Bible speaks about in Jeremiah chapter 3. Pastors that will feed people with knowledge and understanding. Pastors, don't feed your people with rhymes and poems. Feed them with knowledge and understanding. We must become serious about the church. We make the church an entertainment center on a Sunday. We should actually have teaching classes in the week. Constantly teaching, camps teaching, conferences teaching, feeding, feeding. Yes, the anointing is there. It's not, don't have this idea that teaching is boring. So you bring in a, a, a Hans Vors to tell your people that step up is a step down, is a step in, is a step. Yeah! Then your people say, hey, it was Varam. But it's not a feeding pastor. It's not the feeding. You're just enjoying the, the entertainment for the moment. I'm sorry to say it, but I have to say it. Because my heart pains. That our people are not changed. Our people are not transformed. Why? Because in the last day church, I will give you pastors after my own heart. They will feed you with knowledge, knowledge and understanding. Not with anticipation of miraculous get relief policies. More, I said, I see five moments. I'm not against pastors I'm saying what will happen in the last days that you must be fed with knowledge and understanding that's why this whole principle of books is, is important look sit down I just want them to see I know you're excited about my preaching I just want them to see look we do this decoration behind my back books books talk of knowledge and yes, this is one author. God has blessed us. I've read many other books. You can read other books. Pastor Clint writes good books. Pastor Danny has a book. Mike Murdoch has many books. I've read many other books, you know. We're not saying but because this is my past and the books are freely available and it's almost given for nothing. And the teachings are anointed. We display it. Yeah. Number one, I'm humble enough I don't care if you say, why is my books not? Ah, they come and say what they will. 
Saya kata kuai bis. Saya sangat kuai mati om mon. So it's humility, and then this is knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge. So if the pastors, if all my members, and we have given you books, now with the last Sunday, almost all the leaders, if you can only read it. It will, you will, it's also a way of me feeding you with knowledge and understanding. I will have less problems with you understanding the world. Why we do what we do. Amen. Amen. But if you only come here to sit, you don't listen, you don't take a book, you don't read, you don't, you can't even talk about the things of God. You can't say, hey, you know, I read this book, uh, 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 Church Growth, and it says in this one chapter, because in Jeremiah, this, it says that. And then in Ezekiel, you find the same scripture. You can't talk stuff like that. You just talk about, did you see pastor's new shoes? And we do these funny things, it's just because we're an exciting church, but that's not the emphasis. You must be fed with knowledge and understanding. Go deeper into the things of God. A little deeper and do more. He will give us feeding pastors that will feed us with knowledge and understanding. Then He will give us, there will be a rise of teaching priests. 2 Chronicles 15.3 Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants. And nation was destroyed of nation and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Why? There was no teaching priest. A priest that can teach the word of God. And I'm glad I'm a teacher by my primary calling. I was a teacher in the secular arena, but I'm a teacher for God. I also have the gift of teaching. Even my crusades is teaching. My conferences is teaching. My camps is teaching. Because that's my primary call. They might call me evangelist, but I'll even stand on the platform and teach about the rich man and Lazarus or whatever, the woman with the issue of blood. I'll teach you. I'll teach you what happened there. I'm not, I'm not going to entertain you. It's a teaching priest. Vexation will stop. Calamity will stop. Difficulties will stop. Because in the last day church, in the end day church, there'll be return of the teaching priest. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! What is happening in the last days? There will be the rise of the lovers of God. Really, brother, our people will start to love God, and this is the test of your love for God. Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? When he said, Yes. 
What was the command? What was the command? Feed my sheep. They asked him again to make sure he understood what was the sign of his love. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed them. It's the sign of lovers of God. So everybody in the church won't just be coming here to sit down to have a Sunday sermon and three choruses and then we go home for lunch at 12, 12, 30. We're meeting at uh, Canal Hall or we're meeting at Gordon's Bay where our lunch is there. Blah, 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 no, 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 no. You will be gathering people, bringing them to church, your group of five or 10 or 15 or 20. You will make sure that their kumbi is sorted out. You will make sure their uber is paid for. Yeah, because you are a lover of God. You're not a church member. There's a difference between a church member and a church worker. All of you here are church workers. All of you here are church workers. There's a few members whose pastors brought them along, but today you are turning and transforming into church workers. My wife started the cell group this year because she felt that those people that came to the, the Lord at the crusade is going to get lost if she doesn't gather them. I was surprised. She doesn't have to do it because she has other uh, duties to do concerning me, her husband. But she told, asked me, can't she do this? And then she takes her car, then she drives to Delft in the night. And I say, hey, I'm worried about your safety. So every night when she goes, I must pray for her. Say, Lord. But it also helped me a lot now. She can't argue much with me because she needs my prayer. <laughs> then when she says, just pray, I'm, I'm leaving. Then I say, kneel down. <laughs> I say, Lord, protect her. Then she comes all the way, picks up the people in the dark, moves to Elsie's River. Even worse gangster areas with Pastor Danny than Sabella. Now we must say, don't go down, no, don't go down this one, don't go down Clear Street. Hey, we must work the map. Because you must also use wisdom. Can't just say the Lord is with you. So, and I realize she is a God lover. Because now what happens, she has to stand in front of them and teach. You see, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Instead of sitting, just coming to receive. You're just coming to receive. Did he say receive from my priest? Did he say if you love me, receive from the priest? He said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And this is the end day church. That's why all of you must start to see yourself as a gatherer, as a worker. Somebody gathering the sheep, standing and teaching. Don't even have to worry about... Uh, coming up with supernatural revelation, we give you a page and say, teach this that we gave you. Teach this. The same thing you heard from me, teach it to others. And everybody, anybody, you, we will always be challenged. Listen, is there anything the devil hates? Is the growth of the church. 
He wants you to get involved with selling homes. What does he want you to do? Estate agency, neighborhood watches. But don't make the church work. Because the gates of hell will prevail against the church. You see? The gates, the gates and the church are in direct opposition. You know where's the gates of hell? It's where the devils go in and out. It's entry point for demons. Uh -huh. So the church, the building of the Jesus said, I will build my church. And then in the same sentence, and the gates of hell. It's just there. Directly opposite the building of the church. That's why if pastors get involved in the community, if they help to feed the children, if they build schools, you don't have much resistance. But just try to build the church. I was at the community meeting the other day because I'm also part of the neighborhood watch. I do everything I can to help. So they said, oh, pastor is here. Pastor, would you pray for us? And, and they received me nicely. I said, but won't people be offended because nowadays they have this imam must pray, the priest must pray. They said, oh no, pastor, we need prayer. And I found that these people are so nice to me and generous to me because they wanted my prayer. And I realized the gates of Yahweh are not here. Because <laughs> I'm not in the church now. I'm neighborhood watch. And they asked me, Pastor, do you have any problems in the area? I said, yes. All the people know me as pastor. So in the night when I catch a scully and I want to beat him, then, then the other guys come running and say, Pastor, who fuss? Who can ignore the man's land? They know clever, my pastor, who fuss? To say the CPF chairman for me, Pastor said the balaclava and. Lovers of God. May you, may you be a lover of God. May you be a lover of God and feed the sheep of God. Amen. And the rise of shepherds in the last days. Cell leaders. Why are you not a cell leader? Ask your neighbor, why are you not a leader of a small group? Why not? Why not? You see, I told you this in the beginning. We're going to have a mind shift. You need a mind shift here. That it's, we, gone is the days of the pastor standing and teaching a small sermon and you're going home. It's gone. This is a new exciting era where everybody is involved in the work of the Lord. Are you listening? And if you're not yet involved, it's only a short while. Then we're going to get you involved. Amen. He said, Pastor, what do I have to do? You have only have to be a witness. It's simple. Jesus said, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he actually tells them, that's the last words of Jesus. People think it's Matthew 28, but it's not. He also spoke in Acts, the first chapter. Yeah. Put it there. Eight, man, eight. Wie is that? Hij is nog niet vergeven Baby, not here today. Why is he letting people train while I'm teaching? 
He went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. This is the word of Jesus. You shall receive. This is not Paul speaking. This is not Peter speaking. This is not Luke. It's Jesus. You shall receive power. What? After the Holy Ghost comes upon you. What will happen to you? You will become a witness. Did he say a preacher? Just a witness. What is a witness? A witness is somebody that saw something. You know? So if you now saw somebody stab somebody, uh, and then you see the police knock on your door, say, uh, we believe you were standing here when there was a, a fight. Can you just come? You need to be in court on the 8th. To do what? You must just tell us what you saw. Because you are a witness of what happened there. So there was a day when Jesus saved you. Hallelujah. You were sinking deep in sin. And you were far from the peaceful shore. And then a hand lifted you up out of the depths of the clay. You know what you did before you were saved? You know all the stuff you did. You know the cigarettes you smoked. You know the, the sex you had with the girls that were not your wives. You know the clopper that you were swearing. You know the drunkenness you were involved in. Or you know the religiosity that you were in. You never had time for God. You thought going to church was God. But then Jesus came along. And you met a person. Not a book. Not a story. But a real person. The man from Galilee. Hey! Who made the blinded eyes to see. And he says I can cleanse you from all your stains. If you just believe in me. All your blackness and your darkness I'll take away. Or your heartache and your depression and your ugliness. Pastor Lafoy said it was like a man having a bath and the water is black from the dirt. And then when Jesus washed him, it was like somebody pulled the plug and all the dirty water ran out. And he was clean, clean, clean. Because the blood of Jesus will wash you clean. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. And now I found a new road. I'm walking a new way. Hallelujah. I'm not going to the discotheque anymore. I'm not going to the club anymore. I'm not going to the Shabin anymore. I'm not sitting on the palaces anymore. I am going to the house of the Lord. So all you have to do is to tell somebody what happened. Because you were there when Jesus saved you. You just have to say, brother, I was sinking deep in sin. I was on my way to hell. Then somebody told me the good news. That Jesus died for me. And that he loved me so God sent his only begotten son. That whosoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. And I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'm free from drug addiction. I'm free from alcohol abuse. I'm free from cigarette smoke. I'm free from living a dark life of fornication and adultery. And brother, I'm a witness. 
of the changing power of Jesus. Don't you also want to give the Lord the chance in your life? Oh, come, can I fetch you tomorrow to go to church with me? You know your life is not where it should be and you know you need God. Why don't you make time for God? That is what it means to be a witness. You didn't have to open the Bible and say, turn your Bible to Ephesians 4. No, 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 no. You are just a witness. Amen. And you shall receive power. Actually, it just won't be out of your own sense. You say, Pastor, I can't even make a problem. I can't even make a problem with people. I'm a camera person. And I can't, I can't just talk to a stranger. I know. I'm also like that. I'm actually a very reserved person. Do you know that? You can ask my wife. When I dated her, it took me long to, to, to tell her I like her. I didn't know how. And she had to help me. She said, say, I love you. I said, I love you. Say, I want you. I said, I want you. So if you see boldness is that thing, the spirit will come on you. It's not natural. Do you see? After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. You shall receive power. Not to lift up weights or to jump on the steps with a mic. No, to be my witness. To be my witness. To be my witness. To be my witness. I never saw that greater than in my own mother. My mother used to walk anywhere. Stopping every stranger. Telling them about the love of God. Sometimes we were shy. We were shy. She wouldn't be afraid because in her mind... Everybody was going to hell. And she had the solution. How can she pass you by? She would stop and say, Do you know Jesus loves you? That, that was the main thing. That was the main message she used to carry across. It's the good news. Do you know Jesus loves you? I don't know what else she used to say. But that was something she wanted us to also but we were very shy as young boys. But I just recall that thing. Everybody must know. Everybody ought to know. Do you see? If we can have that, there is no reason why we should not have 1,000 members. Do you know people are waiting for you to come to them with good news because all they ever hear is bad news. If you have the cure for cancer and you see people dying, is it good to pass them by? So if you're conscious that people are slipping into hell by the day, by the second, and you don't say anything, 
but you shall receive power. I said you are going to receive great power when the Holy Ghost is upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. It's your hometown. And then a little further in Judea. Hallelujah. And then to people who are not part of your tribe or part of your color, Samaria. And then eventually, even like Pastor Chris, will be standing on other uh, continents. The uttermost parts of the earth. Forget about church being like a formality, an organization, an institution that you come to on a Sunday morning because you go to work on a Monday, you go to gym on a Tuesday, you go back to work on a Wednesday, you play a little golf on a Friday, and Saturday you watch Liverpool, and then remember Sunday, oh yes, I must go to church for that, that's also part of my, my weekly plan. No, that is an old, outdated, worldly model, secular model. No, 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 no. The way of the book of Acts, the way of the Bible, is your whole life belongs to God. Are you here? Mercy. There'll be a rise of shepherds. You will become that shepherd. Amen. Matthew 9:36. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I remember many years ago, Bishop Dare came to visit us and I had to take him with my car. I was the driver to Kayalitsa because he wanted to see the church that Reverend Napoleon had bought, some Baptist building they bought and they were having church. Then he, they asked if they could just go there quickly early morning to have a look and to pray for them and then to come back and do our service. And as I was driving with him, he was looking out by the window and he said to me, I'll never forget, he said, do you feel like I feel? <laughs> and when I see all these people walking, my heart goes out to them. They look so lost. Like sheep having no shepherds. He said, we need many more pastors. Many more shepherds. Look at all the people. I was out of my depth because I was driving there. And I told you, I didn't see that. I just thought, we had me no rope. <laughs> but he, he didn't see, his eyes didn't see what my eyes saw. He said, look at all these people. They are all lost like sheep. Having no shepherd. And you know if God gives us that eye, then there'll be a desperation to get the people into the house of God. And then this little one shall become a thousand in a no time. And I pray today that that 
by the Holy Ghost divine intervention in our lives. It's not just me speaking over this mic, but something supernatural is going to happen to you today. And there will be a transformation in your heart, your mind, your thinking, so that you will become desperate to win the loss and bring more souls to the kingdom. Remember yesterday I said, it's not the pastor really that is doing this. The, pastor is, the pastor's job is to feed you. Your job is to multiply. A good farmer feeds his sheep. Make sure the male is with the female. That one is there. That one is there. Give them medicine when they're sick. And then when they are having relationships, they multiply. Hallelujah. I see you multiplying in Jesus' name. The rise of the shepherds. There shall be the rise of children, the last one. The, the, the rise of children. There's many prophecies, but I'm giving you these prophecies. Jeremiah 1.7 But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Amen. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. And then in verse 10, see, I have said, oh, let me read on. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Glory to God. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. May the Lord put his words in, in your mouth. And may your mouth be touched by coal of fire. And this is the way the mega church will become a reality and the big church will become a reality. Next verse. See, I have set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and thou to throw down and to plant. Jeremiah said, I'm a child. But I want to tell you, many children will arise in the last days. I was hoping to see my children here, some of my dancers. Are they here? Where is Jade or Chelsea? Where are they? Where are those dancers? Are they around? Wave, wave if you're here. Yes, that's it, beautiful. I've, I've got high hopes for those children. I believe that in the last days, God is going to use children. Do you believe it? Many children who can who can run home cells, will rise in the last days. They're going to be used by God. Amen. Don't say I am just a child like Jeremiah said. Don't say I am too young. Timothy was very young and Titus was also very young. Timothy suffered from youthful lust, but he became a pastor of a mega church. As long as he listened to the Apostle Paul and he prospered. Amen. When you are young, you have a lot of feelings. Hallelujah. When you are older, then the Bible says your desire is gone. So young people, they feel not that they can't be used because their minds were working overtime because testosterone is strong in their bodies. Are you with me? And then they have sexual urges. 
So they think, oh, they can't be used by God because when they saw the sister's buttocks, something happened to them. But it's that same zeal and that same testosterone that God wants to also use in the church. Yes, you mustn't feel that the young people, and I think some young people, I see them also, they're almost like when they see me, they, they, they can't really look at me because I don't know what are they doing outside of the church walls. But I want to tell you young people, don't think too much about your desires and your bad feelings. God wants to use you. God wants to use your energy. God wants to use your joyfulness. God wants to use the fact that you can dance, that you can have excitement. I can't just let the older people come and dance here. I will have to buy a lot of uh, deep heat. The place will smell like ointment. We want the oil of the Holy Ghost. We don't want the ointment. We don't want ointment. You see, that thing is also from the old pattern of the old church. Old men. Look at most churches around. There's a lot of old people. There's no more young people in the churches. Most churches. This is different. And the churches connected to bishop is different. Yeah. And don't be afraid of it. Most churches are old. There's a funeral every Saturday. And in a few more years, what will happen to the church if most of the people are gone? He's dead. He's gone. So we have to transform to a youthful church. And I want, to, I want to also encourage all of you. Pastor Len, you're already doing it. The others, change to youthful church. You see, even if you have to change your clothing, make an adaptation. The word doesn't change. The word remains the same. But these other outer things can change. Are you with me? Even if you don't feel comfortable for the sake of the gospel. When in Rome, I changed like the Romans to win some, said Paul. To win some. Hallelujah. And you're going to see, look, make your church a youthful club. The young people will come. Transition today from this and then those, those senior people that are in the churches also adapt. Many men say, go uncake and come, and come judge and say, cake is stuck in a jean. You know? <laughs> I used to tease the young people, then I say, did you jump over a fence? What happened to your pants? They say, no, they bought it like that. Then I said, did you get the discount? They said, no, whoop. I said, no, they must give you a discount because it's broken. But it's the drip. I had to learn it's the drip. So one day I took a scissor and I was about to cut my jean. And my wife said, what are you doing? I said, no, the young people cut holes in their jeans. She said, no, they buy it like that. I said, what? They buy it broken.
But I had to adapt and say it's fine. Because the little one, the children, the children, they will become the people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They will be the rise of rocks. The rise of rocks. He said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Quickly to the pastors. If you are not hard, you people must listen, you missionaries. You can't. You cannot have a big church if you're not hard. You mustn't allow nonsense in the church. Amen. When your church is young, you'll get a lot of people trying to come in that ran away from other churches. Don't allow such stuff. He's no excited when he's no brew. The brew prick no week. You're never gonna have a big church. It's full of rubbish. That's rubbish. Just rubbish must get out. God has called you, you gather the people, you lead them. You teach your little children the way that you want your church to run and you create a culture. And they will sit every week to listen to you. You're the feeding priest. You don't have to pick. If you don't, if you... Hey, line man, line. It's not biblical. It's nonsense. It's not an entertainment center. I'm feeding the sheep. This is the gathering of the saints here. It's a gathering service. You will have your group on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday. You will teach them. You will have opportunity to teach in the Bible school. You will have opportunity to teach in your zones. We have, we are like-minded. That the father is giving food to the children on a Sunday morning. There's nothing like, okay, give me for homework cans. Van hij, van zij gaat nou die kerk verlaat. Twak man. That's why I told you it's better to work with young people. I find it much better, and I regret not starting sooner. Amen. But you must be hard, strong, and stable. To build the church of God. Amen. If you are wavy, changing your mind after every meeting, it won't work. May the Lord make you a hard man. Hallelujah. 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 Sit down. What's my time like? I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Out of all the prophecies that the end time church will be great, this is the greatest of them all. And it comes from Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Isaiah prophesied the mountain of the Lord's house. Ezekiel prophesied the same. Actually, the two scriptures of Ezekiel and, and Isaiah is identical. Then Jeremiah spoke about we shall not be few. Ecclesiastes, uh, Ezekiel spoke about the priests. But Jesus said the greatest prophecy, Matthew 16, 18. He said to Peter, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this prophecy has come to pass and is still being fulfilled. Hallelujah. Why must we do something that God is not doing, ladies and gentlemen? If Jesus is building the church, why would you build something else? Jesus is not building hotels. He's not building political parties. He's not building businesses. He's not building banks. He's building His church. Glory to God. Hmm? So pastors who think that building the church or pastoring a church is maybe not, you can do it almost like with, other, with many other things. You make a big mistake. Because you might have a church on the sideline. It's almost like a small home cell group. Do you understand? But if you really want to give yourself to the whole world, because you see, any person who does business, you can ask any business person here. Business takes your full attention. Isn't it? It takes your energy. It takes your focus. It takes your time after hours. It's, it's not easy to run a business. I tried to run a business when I was a young boy. I wanted to have a shop to sell sweets. And I bought four different kinds of sweets. I sold the sweets at the, what do you call it, the wholesaler, 144 in a pack. I still remember everything. It was a white sweet called Milky something. It's a block. Then there was other sweets, but then there was the bull's eye. It's like a, it's a mint with, with black stripes on it. It's called bull's eye. Do you know bullseye? You don't know bullseye. So I also got me some old shoe boxes and I put this, that, this, and that, and I put the price on the boxes because I'm going to start a shop. Hmm. But I forgot that I had five brothers who passed by my shop in the night. One of them is here, but I can't point out. Now, when you're a good businessman, listen, when you're a good businessman, you take stock of the stuff you had. So this is what I had yesterday. What do I, and I was, you know how I am. I'm very particular and meticulous. So I counted my shop. And every time I show, my, my sweets are getting less. And when I counted my profit, I saw I made no profit because somebody was taking my sweets. And my brothers blamed the mice that I never found up till today. But I think they were the mice who stole my sweets. Then I tried to open a barber shop. Oh yes. You think I'm just a pastor? I tried these businesses. <laughs> Eesh. 
I bought a wall clipper. And then I also used one of my brothers as the proof name. But that time I didn't know. That time I didn't understand the way the machine works that you can't go against the grain and stuff like it. And you know the type of hair we have is slightly different, you know. So I cut against the grain. <laughs> and there was a big strip from the back to the... But fortunately, this brother couldn't see because it's on top of the head, you see. Only I saw. Eish. And that day I decided, I don't think barbershop is for me. You know, no, barbershop is not for me. Yeah, that brother is also here in the church today. But I, for security reasons, I can't show you. I even tried cinema. I had my own cinema. With posters. With posters. So, I know anybody who does business is going to have to give a large part of his life into that. And then the work of the Lord will not get the full attention that is needed. So you will have the church going fledgingly along, but will never grow big. Are you listening? I'm, I'm different to Paul, the tent making. I'm not talking about tent making. I'm just talking about this notion that you want more money, so you want to do this. You see, it's actually the church that will give you the money. Yes. Everything is in the church. A good pastor will work hard and he will be able to pay himself from the, from the tithes and the offerings. Yeah, he will be able to do it. You see, many of you didn't come yesterday when we opened the remarks and said what Bishop said was that we are too casual. The reason why our churches are not growing, we are, too, after many things, we are not serious and we are too casual. If you should run your church like you run a business, if you run your business like you run the church, you'll be bankrupt long time ago. Sit quickly, I want to just give you this pattern, this pattern. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. And we're going to close now. We're going to have a break. And there's lovely stuff uh, to eat in the break. Amen. I think, uh, I don't know what it is, but I just want to make you excited to stay around. Uh, let me give you this scripture quickly. 2 Peter 3.14. I've, I've, I've spoken again long about prophecies, but that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because you are going to become what I said you will become. Amen. If you believe it, the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will work for you. Amen. Now let me just end this last small session on working hard for the Lord. Because it ties in with my last statement. Constant effort and church growth. Constant effort. Because it's the hardest part of church work, it's going to need constant effort. So can you go up here? 
Are you, are you here? And this applies to cell leaders, shepherds, any ministry heads, IT department, everything that's not working well, you need to apply diligence. Look at the scripture, 2 Peter 3, 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Do we have a dictionary there that we can show the word diligent so that they can understand? I'm sure Bevan will try. And it means constant, persistent effort. Are you with me? I give you quickly, I'm still prophesying. I give you seven prophecies of your constant, careful and persistent work or effort. Everybody says effort. Say after me, constant, persistent effort. Now, yesterday I gave you the key of Yalpas, church growth and helpers. Today I'm giving you the key of hard work. People won't come to your church by osmosis. Osmosis is the movement of water molecules from a high concentration to a low concentration to a differentially permeable membrane. The teacher taught you that at school, but you forgot. Those who forget. Those who forget never do well. That's why you failed, because you forgot what is osmosis. Hmm? People think that people will just naturally come through the roof by the process of osmosis and fill the chairs that's empty there. And all of you that have churches, you have empty chairs, isn't it? It's part of having a church. So you would like those, church, those chairs to be filled, isn't it? Any good normal pastor that has his mental faculties, he would like to have more people. When people say they don't want more people, it's an excuse for not being able to get more people. But it's natural that you want the church to grow because Jesus wants his church to grow. If there are 7 billion people in the world and God loves all the people, the whole world, wouldn't he want more people to come to his church? Yeah, it's his church. So, we need to apply them. So if they won't come by osmosis, how will they come? It will come through a plethora of things, but one of the main things is that, uh, or the thing that really encompasses all the, the strategies that I'm going to talk about later, is you must work hard. You can't spend a few minutes here in the church and then think things are going to work. So it's not a person that is not a you must exert constant effort to accomplish your goals. And many people are unwilling to apply this relentless effort and their churches are small. Say amen. Yes. It's like you've made your structure, right? That pastor, this pastor, this is minister of... This is the pastor of ladies. This is the pastor of that. But your thing is not working. 
Now you just, you permanent and you permanent and then you you talk to your wife about that one's weakness, maybe that one's weakness, that one's weakness. You see, but you must come to a place where you see this thing is not working. Then you must try something else. Uh huh. And it's not about you see if you have if you don't have children at heart in your church, then you can't make changes. But we've told all our pastors here and all our people here that nobody is permanent. No. They are all, we are all always ready to move you around in the system. Yes. And if you're not working well, we will even demote you. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that because we gave you a burki, you'll be a pastor forever. No. It's only a, ter- a short-term pastoral thing. We're going to take our work back. I actually want Pastor Robert not to make them pay for their workies anymore. Because when they leave the church, they go make themselves pastors outside with, with our workies. We want our workies back. And that's beside the fact, we're also going to take some workies off in the church. Because this one effort didn't work, and I'm not going to just leave it there. I'm going to have to apply constant, persistent effort to make it work. I'm the leader, so I see the church not growing. What do I do? I sit like this with blind eyes. I'm stupid. I just say, maybe this is the Lord's lot for me. Or somehow I'll take clean blame and also send the Elsie's man. This is Ivani. You can be the biggest church in Elsie's River by numbers. And it's not the wrong vision to have. Dr. Cho wanted to have the biggest church in Korea. And God gave him his desire. When he retired, they had one million members. He started with a few. And then the Lord gave him, he was so happy when he had 600 members. You must read his story. It's called Successful Home Cell Groups. He tells the whole story. And eventually it grew, grew, grew to 700,000 to almost a million. Do you see? But I always remember him saying, he said to the Lord, I will the KK and Ravens me. So I realized it's not the wrong vision to have. It's actually the best vision. It, it must be a desire, but it must be, as Bishop says, a burning desire. I must brand binnen in jou man. I must brand man. Say, ja, dat die ding werkie. Kom ons sains. Die ding werkie man. Die sister werkie in die slotie. Sy produsie, daar is niks production nie. Sains man. Sorry sister, sains. Nie kwaad raak jy ons move jou nou na ander spot toe, coffee shop. Amal wat die werkie, coffee shop toe. Some churches are not growing because people don't apply. Some cell groups are not working because the leader is simply lazy. He's not applying constant, persistent effort. CPE. Say CPE. Oh, pastor, I invited the, the people in the street. They don't want to come, pastor. Say CPE. 
constant, persistent effort. Where's Jamie and Lizzie? They have now a kumbi. Come, come, come forward quickly. Stand there. These two ladies, they moved to Kills River. A lot of our young people are now coming up, so we move out of Delft. Sorry to say Delft. So they moved and bought homes in Kills River. And they said, now how are we going to get involved in the home sales? You see, because they must now come here or to Bella where we started. They said, no, start a home sale in your area. She was alone, she was alone. She wasn't here that and then I think, I don't know how it worked, but I'm talking about in the area. Then one day she decided to walk into the, to obey her pastor's instruction and walk into the streets. And there was a parky where kids were playing and she started asking them to come. And then she sent me a text that the kids said they would come. And then, then to, I don't want even to give them the mic. They can speak very long. What happened was they were over flood with children. Young, young children. Children who grow up in a quick time, then they big. And then this one opened a cell in her area where she stayed. Then now, there were too many. They couldn't cut them with the cars anymore. And then the kids come in the morning before church, like two hours before the time, waiting by the door. When, when are we going to church? Yeah. I mean, there was nothing. Just moving into a new area. Then the parents started coming to say, who's this lady taking all our children to church? And when they saw her, they met her, they spoke. They said, oh no, you're a good person. They can freely come. Then the parents started coming also to church. But the initial, initial sentence was, Pastor, there's nobody in the area. The people won't come. I can see us opening a big zone in that area, a big zone of churches. And they will come out of outskirts and they will be their own zone. Because somebody starts, it just takes one invitation. And then that one will bring another one, bring another one, bring another. Then, of course, the other added stuff, you mustn't be boring. You must have the Holy Spirit with you so that your cell groups are not boring. You must, have, you must apply the strategies we give you into the cell so that you don't do your own thing and people say, well, let me come here. But those are other aspects of church growth that we will, by God's grace, see if we can get to. But for now, I'm just trying to tell you about CPE. What is it? What does it stand for? Constant, persistent effort. Don't give up. Okay, this one didn't come. That's one. Sometimes you, you, you try to win a soul. You got this guy and then suddenly backslides. Don't give up. I had a lot of people here in the church. They come, they come. I've developed them to a certain point. Then, especially when, uh, when there are young boys and ladies come. Then they have this thing called pheromone. Pheromone is the scent that the female dog lures the male dog and it's a very strong thing so young boys they always get caught up in the stupidity of pheromone then they, they, they start forgetting things they knock things over uh, and then they jump over the fence then they're gone just see when your dog is on heat if, it's a, if, it's a, if there's a female dog in the area try to close your yard for the male dog <laughs> it will find a way out 
So the pheromone syndrome has come to BMI and some of my young people have gone. But I didn't say, I'm not going to win any young people anymore because this one is a failure. No, I will apply constant, persistent effort. And so they have, I don't know what your shell totals now. You have like 17 on Monday and this week, 18. Yeah, listen, those kids, some, many of them are in primary school, huh? but you'll be surprised if you talk to them. Their English is better than yours. Yeah. Say E's and A. Now I can speak right and I speak mooi. I asked the one style, uh, some of them of Koza. Is it Koza? So you think that, listen. So I said, do you want some chips? Because I think that's how they speak. She said, what is chips? You mean chips? I said, I'm sorry, I mean chips. Chips? Yeah? I'm telling you, they're coming. They're coming all. I've shifted my focus to the little ones. And then every Sunday, Sunday, I just read they come running. When, they, when the group come running, I know they're coming to hug. Then I must give them the hug. They're coming. Pastor! Because they're not inferior. They don't feel. Yeah. You'll be surprised. They might be 8 years old, 9, 10, 11, 12. It takes 5 years for a 12-year-old to be how old? 17. Then it's a beautiful girl that they can even get married already by then. You see? But you weren't prepared to hang on a little bit and wait for your children. You want a brother with a blue jacket and a big bib of a tie from Anna Kirk with a Yalsa Bible. It's not problems. Then you, know, you see, because some of you, you equate church membership by money. And the children don't have money to give. But I tell you, it's the biggest mistake. Because the church is a spiritual institution. God ordained. Yeah. Work those young people. Develop them. With constant, persistent effort. Amen. You may be seated, ladies. You may be seated. Don't be lazy. Say, don't be lazy. Get serious about your work. If you're working for God... Many of you are not working for God. Must I tell you the truth? You, you say you work for God, you're not working for God. You are casualing here by the church. What is the characteristics of work? You will have working hours. Amen? If we want big churches, we must work harder. Say amen. amen. Now what is work? Work is having working hours. Every job has working hours. If you're a school teacher, you go to school on a Monday, right? Up till Friday. Basically, don't work on Saturday or Sunday. That's your working hours. You work 8 o'clock, maybe till 3 o'clock. Office workers, factory workers, half past 7 to 5 o'clock. Half past 5. You have longer working hours. A pilot can be on a Sunday, you know. He, he, he can be maybe Saturday night. He's flying through the night to Sunday morning, wherever he must take you. He can't in the middle of the flight say, Echo up five o'clock. 
No. He's got different working hours. Brother, sisters, brother. Is he bomb? As you are me bomb to fat. We work for the Lord on a Sunday. Main, that's the main day of working for the Lord. You see, I told you, you're going to have to shift your mindset if you want to come here. Otherwise, be prepared for small churches. How you look clean cakes? Come listen man at what I say and how you look clean cakes. Sunday is God's day for us to work hard. Even, even Saturday, we, we come here at 7 in the morning. Huh? We go home, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Some even longer. On a Saturday. Because we're not members. No. We workers. There's a difference. You get members and you get workers. I work for a lot. I work for a lot. Yeah. I, I want you to understand that. And this is the change in your mind. All of you listening to me. All of you. Change from a member to a worker for God. And say, I work for a Lord. No, not all day long. Just first say, I work for a Lord. Like the colored say it. Amen. Or just say, work for a Lord. What's your working hours? On a Sunday. So what happens? It's going to take a big adjustment. And if you don't want to adjust, that's why old people can't do this. There's no more lunches for us on a Sunday. And I can warn you, if you don't want to adapt, it's not a problem. We will still be friends. But don't ask why is our church growing big and your church is staying small. We have to make serious adaptations. Why? We saw what worked for Bishop Daggy with Mills and the big churches. Say, so let's copy them. They've got much more than we have. Let's do. One of the things, cut out. So what we do now, we come here as if we're coming to work. Some arrive at 7, they put up the sound, the church starts at half past 9. We are finished. There's an hour of meetings round about from half past 12 or 1 o'clock whenever our church ends. Our church is not short time. We don't plan our church according to the Antichrist or the people who don't love God. We have church for God lovers. Amen. That's our working hours. We sit around and then... Uh, we have uh, constant meetings, training happens then of the, the cell leaders, they report back, they report many things, Bible school starts at 3, 6 o'clock, then there's another service in the night, then at about 11, between 11 and 12 we go home. If you, if you don't believe, come visit us, ask your pastor if you can just come to learn. We'll even put a badge on you, you're an observer from the UN. United Nations Observer. Come and observe it. Come here on a Sunday, Saturday. Why? You can't say you work for a Lord. Say work for a Lord. My question is, what's your working hours for a Lord? I know what your working hours for Cape Nature, but I don't know what your working hours for a Lord. If you don't have working hours for a Lord, you are a member. You are welcome. Church members are welcome. But I am now addressing church workers. Right or wrong? Right or wrong? I apologize for you that's watching me by radio. 
but this is the way we speak in Cape Town yeah we say work for a Lord work for a Lord you say pastor but where are we gonna eat you'll be surprised we have the best food at Sarah's Delhi Sarah's Delhi There's enough food for you here. There's Soraya Jewels Tuck Shop, Sarah's Deli, and then Lucy's Coffee Shop. And I'm encouraging all my other people who want to sell rutis and curry bunnies to come. You must just get the permit from LPD. We will have many outlets here through the day. You will eat, you will enjoy. You can go take a nap on the in the garden. If you take an afternoon, if you need a five-minute break, go there, take pictures, and then your children can sleep on. We have little carpets for the children to sleep on. We make it comfortable because we've decided the South African model is not working. We want a model of mega chats. But it's going to cost us something. That's why it's best to have your beloved in the same church because it's nothing like, Yeravana, hala me, hala me. Hello, sick me. Say sick me. Say sick me. Number two, if you work for a place, you spend a lot of time there, isn't it? I'm giving you characteristics of work. I'm talking about constant, persistent effort. You must spend a lot of time. Let's take an Uber driver. An Uber driver drives all day, isn't it? He drives in the morning till in the evening. But you also drive a car. You go to work, isn't it? Say you have a car, you go to work. Huh? Can you also say you're an Uber driver? Because you don't spend all the time driving. You spend only a few minutes driving. The Uber spends many hours driving. Huh? So your work is characterized by how many hours you spend in the work. Is it true? Until you spend a lot of hours doing it, you can't call it your work. Say work for the Lord. Are you working for the Lord? That's the question. The question is, how many hours do you spend? Are you talking about the three hours on a Sunday? Say must jokes man. You're making grabs. It's a word. Three irkis, it's a cover. Some churches we visit, they irritate my islands of Langer Rans. Because it's almost like the caretaker is just standing there to switch off the lights. Hello, well, that is too. It's 11 o'clock. The dinner is clear. Hello, well, that is too. 11 o'clock, you're open. Hello, well, that is too. Backsliding churches. You know, the Lord said to me, when I get the chance again, I must tell them they are backsliders. So be careful the next place I go to visit and they want to switch the lights off. Just want to run away, just run away. Church is, church is not what they think it is. It's, it's like, it's just a club. 
for them. They came to the, like a gym. I came for two hours gym. I must go home now. They lost the love of God. They lost the love of the church. And that is when the Holy Spirit is not there. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit is there, the people won't want to leave. That's one of the signs of the Spirit. Just want to just wanna be out, want to be home. Hmm. Number three, quickly I'm giving you characteristics of work. The question is really, if you run out of the church, where are you going to? Where are you going to spend your time? Well, what are you doing? Gaat jy pool skiet by die huiswinkeltje? Gaat jy op die sokkeveel sit, heel marrig? Look, we are not a dead type of thing. We even make adjustments, right? If Liverpool is playing man, we say, okay, we move our services slightly out. Because we also normal human beings, we like some stuff. So we say, okay, then we're going to watch, the, especially a big match like Chelsea. Chelsea is not big anymore. Um, not even United. I'm thinking maybe Man City, Liverpool. Then I say, okay, we're flexible. You know what Bishop Dag's church is called flow? You know what it means for? Flexible lovers of the word. In other words, you can say, okay, the meeting next week is at 9. The week after we start at 11, we start. It's not, that's even. But we love God and we love to be here. So we just do make an adaptation. Change this a little and we, we, we still come. So you mustn't think, need is dogmatic, or is it mal? Or is it mal? Chase mal, man. For my cosake is mal. Chase mal. We have this time. Then number three, tiredness. When you come from work, don't you say, Here, my vrouw, ik is so moeg, man. Waar is die frieten? Waar is die frieten? That's a joke I get from Pastor Clarence, I'll tell you that one day again. Basi frita, basi frita. But you're tired, isn't it? I remember when my father came from work, the children had to like, every child had a turn to put like a bath out for him. Not the bath, the bucky for his feet. Just to relax a little because he was tired. He worked hard for us. You can't say you work if you come home and you're not tired. You can't call it work. Doesn't work make you tired? Sometimes in the night we come home at 12. Then we still chattel 1 till 2 in the morning about the, how powerful the services was. Then we must get up with our tiredness and go to our secular boss, Mr. Mukada, Mr. Kaska. Yeah, because we also work for a lot. We what? Yeah, so there must be tiredness. Are you listening? You can't say you work and you're not tired. Work makes you tired. We will rest one day. Rest is for the grave. When you lie in your coffin and you knock on the side, you feel cardboard, 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 and you say, okay, now I'm going to rest. 
But until then, we 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 you tired because you spend energy, isn't it? You even spend money. When you go to work, you must pay for the taxi, isn't it? So you do spend money going to work. And then during the lunch break, you go opposite to the deli, you buy a foot long. You know what's a foot long? It's a long row with a long vienna in. I used to buy that when I worked for Delta Cables. Foot long. Oh, a pie. By Mr. Pie, Cecil. King Pie. Pepper steak. Your boss didn't give you that. You paid for it. So work also costs you money. Come and say, Pastor, I pastor my taxi fee betaal. As ek moet hier in die ochtend kom, en in die ane, want ek huis toe gaan, we gaan my taxi fee betaal. We gaan vir my verniet koskie. Hoekom moet ons koskoop, daar by die taxop. Maar as hy van weke betaal, sê, sê betaal jou taxi, sê betaal jou kos. Tiredness because it takes you. You spend your energy and you spend your money. Luister, luister. Moe nie dink jylle gaan armder word nie, ne? Moe nie dink jylle gaan armder word nie. Armder, ne? No, no, no. Just leave it there. Don't, don't think you'll get poorer. No, no, no. If you give to God... Oh, God is going to give back to you. But it's not the same as you gave it. No, 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 it has multiplied. It's pressed down, it's shaken together. It's running over. You don't have the mind. I always tell my members, if you must buy something for the church, take your own money. Say, the church needs this. Buy it. Occasionally, we will refund you. When we, we can refund you, you can go to our treasurer. But I like the people who say, no, pastor, it's fine. I'm donating this to the church. My wife and myself, we spend most of our money here because this is our work here. She worked for a secular boss, but that's not a primary work. This is her work. That's just like secondary, just for some earthly rubies. Tiredness. Energy. Can I give you the last one? Vitele, vitele. Yeah, I want you to be sure. Waar ek het nog eens wil het diene gesê nie? Jylle spend geel by die week, ne? Kijk, die salaris wat sy kree, the salary you get, the salary you get for the camera. You pay for a taxi, you pay for a taxi. You pay for the lunch. And then there's a sister Suraya at the work. She's selling biscuits. Isn't it? Or she's selling jackets. Uh, Pringle jackets. But it's from Nigeria. But it's must no Kama. It's Kama Pringles. And you pay off 100 rand a month. Isn't it? And every Friday, I say, say, what's it going to collect? Is it? I come to what? I come to collect. It's collect time, no? So, so the little money you work for is in any case gone. 
That money that that guy pay you is finished. Taxi fare, your lunches, and then there's all the stuff you're buying. People are selling and buying stuff at, at the work. Isn't it true? Ask Mauritius, she's into that thing. Don't say you were a worker, man, if you don't do these things, if you haven't spent money and you're not tired. You attender, a church attendee. It's actually the right English. You're an attendee. There's a difference between a worker and an attendee. And the last point is doing the same thing over and over is what you do at your job. It's called repetition. Are you with me, Pastor Clint? So in other words, don't come here with this nonsense that you're getting bored of doing the same thing. But your work, kapjer aan die selle spuike uit elke dag. Repetition. Work includes repetition. You do the same thing over and over again. So we come, I teach, this was a conference now, there'll be another conference somewhere down the line, Sunday church, next Sunday church again, because we are working, we work for a Doctors do repetition. Shalla customer. Hello, my friend. What will say? Oh, I used to be panados for you. Right next. Oh, my friend. What's for with you? Okay, I used to be to be panados. Same thing over and over and over. But I want to tell you something that you never knew. You can be how important in the secular world. Say so you work for that company and you got the second job and the third job. The day your coffin lies here and the people must pay tribute. None of them says that you worked for Barclays Bank. You work for, they say, he gave money for the choir's gowns. They want to say something you did for the Lord. Because now, you must go there and face the Lord. And if you did nothing for the Lord, at least we want to try and tell you the crowd here. There was one guy, he was like very important and they had all these uh, tributes at his funeral. And when they were ready to say, they said, no man, this is too much. He did this, he did this, he accomplished this. Leave all the stuff. Just say what they did for the church. They, they, the family had the gathering. They said, Los Amal di Goed, what the seven, I accomplished the work for this, the director of this company. No, 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 no. Just say he loved the Lord's house and he also bought the organ. He bought the pulpit. Just say that things. You see? Because they don't really have much to say about you. But when you work for a Lord, Oh, the tributes. You can almost feel like a holiness in the place because a worker is going home. Somebody who gave up his Saturday, he gave up his Sunday, he came from the morning to the late in the night, he brought this soul and that soul to the Lord, he gave his last. That's the stuff we'll say, yeah, when you, when you pack up your coffin. Because it becomes very more, much more important than your secular job. Is it 
Diligence can only make a big church. You must stop your laziness. Say amen. Ask your neighbor, are you going to start working for a lot? With diligence, you will become rich. Consistent effort will make you rich. Number two, quickly, quickly, I'm going to close now. I just had a uh, turn around. Are you still here? Are you still here? Diligent will make you rich. This is what Proverbs says, isn't it? The man who, just give me some of that Proverbs. Just look in Proverbs. Just type there, Ecclesiastes or Proverbs. Those who work hard will become rich. There's a plethora of such scriptures. That the man who likes to sleep will come to nothing. Hello? There's a lot of people in church, they are not effective because they're too phlegmatic. Phlegmatic means you're slow. You're slow with everything. They fat lang om iets te doen. Huh? Ladies, I feel sorry for you if you marry a phlegmatic husband. But what happens to the lady who marries a phlegmatic husband? She must become like a lioness. You know? In nature, it's actually the ladies who do most of the work. And the man rests. The lion sleeps all day, the male. And the ladies do the hunting. Because the lions have a phlegmatic temperament. A pastor that phlegmatic is It's better to look after a church that you already started and just take care of the sheep and maintain them. But you won't have a big church because you're not a strong leader in that way. You are too slow. Are you with me? You, you, you don't apply consistent effort. The lion only gets up when there's a big buffalo that the females can't pull down. Then he comes, he hops, and then he eats his shit, then he goes sleep again. That's in the animal kingdom. Oh, I just hope that we don't have such men. But, but we do. We do because you can't, be, you can't help if you were born with a phlegmatic nature. But then what must happen? The woman must be like a lioness. She brings things. She does most of the things. Uh, but she also knows she can't slap this lion in his face because then he will deal with her. So that respect is still there. Amen. But she does most of the work. Bless all of you ladies who are married to phlegmatic Husbands, may the Lord be merciful to you as he was to Onishiphorus. Amen. Phlegmatic people are okay with everything. I'm not phlegmatic, I'm choleric. So if something is not working, I want it right. A phlegmatic will say, okay, I don't work here, I'm a loss at my son. Plant is kief, die dienst gaan begin. The plant is kiew, you say, no, all right, it's all right, man. Everything is okay for a phlegmatic. Hey, het nog baie problems <laughs> Jesus! I'm not wired like that. I'm not wired like that. And it, and, 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 it, and it limits you from having a big church. Number three, quickly. Constant effort is going to make you a leader. Constant effort, number two, I said, is going to make you rich. 
Number one, constant effort is going to make you accomplish your goals. Number two, constant effort is going to make you rich. Consistent, persistent effort will make you a leader. Because people will notice you if you work hard. Amen? Your boss will even notice you. I notice the people who work hard around me. I can see people who are fast and who work hard. You will be noticed. Hmm. And this is the people I like to send to do that stuff because they can make it happen. Number four, constant persistent effort will make you anointed and prosperous and fat in the spirit. Proverbs 13 verse 4. Oh, go back to that verse you had. I like that verse actually. He's got a verse there. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. That's he phlegmatic. Okay, go to the next verse. The soul of the sluggard desireth. No, no, put it in a nice version, man. Quickly, the lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. So our churches will be bigger if we work harder. Say amen. We will be prosperous and fat in the church. People sleeping in the church, they don't find the preaching interesting. Check quickly next to you if somebody is sleeping. Number five, my constant persistent effort will lead me to be plenteous in everything. Plenty in church members. My constant persistent effort will lead me to be plenteous in everything. I will have many church members and I will have church growth. I will have plenty houses and plenty cars. Yes. I will have much food to eat. Amen. And I have nice clothes to wear. I can't even buy my car to on Fridays fish and chips to cook. I cook it. There was somebody the other day and he told his son to take the Uber so the son said, but he must still, he must still buy diet. He's not going to have enough money to buy for the Uber. I, the other day, uh, we didn't have time to make food. We were, and I, I told the children, go to Kentucky. So they said, what must we buy? I said, just buy buckets of meat. Of, just buy buckets. Moet nie nog uitwerk wat kost wat die, koop net die bakket man. Moet nie werk, een stuk vir jou, een stuk vir jou. Het hulle, het hulle special met drie stukke hoena, en toe in die rals. Sy bly arm, sy kan nie lekker eet, sy tel, sy tel in die kost. As hy kost maak, hy moet hy tel, hy is drie, een, drie atapels, kou, jyre, as hy visit, hy kom hoe, jyre, nou sê die ma, wacht, giet sy ma my boot, giet sy ma my boot, want hy is niks oor nie. Sy moet een stukkie brood vat, om die pot uit te lik. Hy is die vierde boot, wat is nou, is the fourth plate we now created. 
Because you, you see, this constant persistent effort will make you plenteous and you will be prosperous, I tell you. But lazy people will come to nothing. You can't have a big church if you're lazy. You can't have cell members if you're lazy. You won't have a big choir if you're lazy. You won't have a big worship team if you're lazy. You won't have many dancers if you're lazy to recruit people to work hard, to exercise every day, every afternoon. You won't have it. I'm the same with your, with your plenteousness. Food, clothes, you won't. Hmm. Oh, I'm closing, I'm finished, I'm finished. The last point, there's one more, one more point. But I see the Lord blessing you with houses. I see you having so many cars, there's not enough parking. One car must stand outside. So what you do, you'll take the cheapest car, you put him outside. Like Virgil's car is always standing in front. You don't believe what I'm saying, huh? You're going to become prosperous. Consistent, constant, persistent effort. Yes. Ze gaan opbouwen met die mensen wat ze bekoop. Die man vraagt tien rand voor die naties. Zij zegt zij te achteren. Hij klaar achteren met taal. Bij die markie. Nou maak je dan met tweeren. Zij wil hem afbrengen naar achteren toe. You want to bring him down. You're always bargaining with people. They want to pay the right price. Because you don't, you're not prosperous. Say, but I'm not going to Morgan, I see the Lord changing your life. And you'll be prosperous. Receive it. You pay with coins, but you ask for change. God, what cloud can be your car? Say, watch him to the Vegas, let the whole can unclimb the ray. For those on the video, you can't even pay the guard that watches your car. You're always trying to, you, you are struggling. Because you will only become prosperous through constant, persistent effort. As it is, my man, I can't only favor and take it. Fatsuma di tuwa nakaran, man. Fatsuma di tuwa nakaran. Fatsuma di tuwa nakaran. Oh, say, bitte, bitte, God. Say, bitte, Dani, Winkel, God, stand. But as I can come, as I can come, I can't only tuwa nakaran, man. 
One day a boy was coming to knock on my gate for scrap. And he said, how did he say? He said, scrap, he is not here. Then he said, no, he is not here. He is not here to eat here. So I go to my car, my car is there and I say, I'm looking for change. So I don't have a change, but somehow, there was a hundred rand in the... I think, no, I can't even for him, no, I can't even for him, but the Holy Spirit said to me, wait, man, I'm a kid. Sorry. So the, the guy was at my gate, and he was asking for, oh, scrap, Easter. <laughs> It's old steel, any metal, you know. And then as I went to my car, I, I didn't have, I saw that I don't have any five rands. I normally would give a five rands, ten rand. So a hundred rand, and I thought, and, I, and as I got out, the, the Holy Spirit said to me, you, you that have to give and you don't give, it's a sin. Like I have, I can give it, I won't die. It's not like my wife needs it for bread. And then I took it. And I went to him and I said, Fadi Kupfiokos. He dropped his bags, the little old script Easter that they had there. He dropped it just there. He ran over the field. I don't think anybody ever gave him a hundred rand in his life. Because the shock that he had. He just left everything just there. I said, Yai! Fadfani Ouskrep Easter! Funko too! I see you giving hundred rands away. You give it away. You won't calculate. My God. And lastly, you will interact with important people. There's a scripture, I didn't write the scriptures down. You will stand before kings. The diligent will stand before kings and not ordinary men. Yes, you will stand before kings and not ordinary men. Because you work out. The mayor of Cape Town was here. Gordon E. Lewis, he came here and then he came, he was surprised. He looked at the place, he said, wow, how did you do this? He said, please invite me. Please invite me when you have this opening. This is a marvelous thing you've done in Delft. And I took him to the garden. I showed him. And I took him to my offices. I showed him a man that is a hard worker. He took his camera. He was taking pictures of my little posters. He was taking pictures. He wants, he won't, he be, because of your hard work, you will start to rob soldiers with other higher level people in society. Yes. Are you with me? Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before ordinary men. Put it in NLT. Do you see any truly competent workers? Hey, they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. We have to work harder, persistently to make our churches grow. Don't be lazy. Don't give up easy. CPE, 
constant, persistent effort. Constant, persistent effort. If your cell group is not working, keep working hard. Invite others. Move your group from this area to another house. Do some changes. Your opener didn't work in this block. Next week, we don't stand here. We're going to go there. We're not going to stop. It's a repetition. But repetition is part of work. Constant, persistent effort. Constant, persistent effort. Because we work for the Lord. What do we do? All people here, whether if your pastor is here and you have come along, change your mindset from a member to a worker. This is one of the ways we're going to have a big church. And we're going to have more members if you change from an attendee to a worker for God. To a worker for God. Stand to your feet. I'm finished with the session. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're taking an offering now. Let's just pray first. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. We want to thank the Lord for this first session. We're going to have a 45-minute break and then we'll start the next session or maybe a half an hour if we can have something to chew. Constant, persistent effort. Everybody say constant. Beautiful. Everything won't work well the first time, the second time, the third time, but you must apply constant, persistent effort to make the church grow. We've changed a lot of things. Me and Pastor Charlie, Pastor Robin, and LP Deirdre, my wife. If we, we try things, this is not working. We're going to try something else. But we apply constant, persistent effort. Yeah. We, don't, we don't take for granted, Ach man, Nonsense! I said what? Non? Because there's a promise from God. That the little one will become a thousand. You shall not be few. And that prophetic word we claim. I say, Pastor, you said these things four years ago before COVID. I know. But we are applying constant, persistent. Pastor, you said we'll have more than a hundred. We're still 60. It's okay. We will apply constant, persistent effort. We won't give up. We won't give in. We won't let the devil win because remember the building of the church is the hardest part of church work. Why? Because the gates of hell are diametrically opposite your effort to build the church. Frustrations, negativity, people talking about the pastor, people stabbing the pastor in the back, Workers not giving their all. Shall leaders lazy? Hey, it's hard. But you must apply this effort. And I see the Lord doing a wonderful works in your life. Keep your hands there. Father, you have never given up on us. How can we give up on the church? We failed in the past. 
but we thank you for giving us another chance we will apply this constant persistent effort and then we will claim to be workers for god no more members transform everybody in front of me lord into workers we will work for you we must work while it is day the night comes when no man can work forgive us lord our slothfulness our laziness our weakness our pride transform us to a humble workers we can see your kingdom expand and the church is built i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it i see you giving us victory lord over every dragon that lies at our doors over every serpent that comes to poison us over every evil creature that wants to break us down there is victory in jesus our savior forever and we win we win this war in jesus mighty name our churches will grow and they will grow from this weekend forward we will reach our targets we will accomplish our visions with constant persistent effort in the name of jesus i pray amen and i think pastor chris ross shared very well he explained the message very well so i think i'm going to ask him to share every day you know the archbishop brought the prophet and i'm also bringing you <laughs> so you, you you explained the the word very nicely to all of us amen thank you for listening to this message for more messages of pastor chris tune in to chris ross ministries podcast remember faith cometh by hearing